This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. So the reading this morning is from Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 1 through 10, and from Jeremiah at verse 15. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And from Jeremiah 15, verse 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Bruce. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mike. I'm on the staff here with our high school and young adults. And um, my story from last night is I was at home alone with my dog. Uh, our whole family's down in Homer. Um, they have some skiing uh, events down there. I drove up from Homer last night. But my dog is old, and there's almost nothing that you could get her to move from her bed. Food and her ball. Those are like the only two things. And her feet were... She was bailing out of that room last night, and so that's pretty funny. But uh, today, we're going to take the next step in the Divine Mentor series, um, the book by Wayne Cordero. As a church, we're taking this step. And the title of the chapter that I'm teaching from is The Self-Feeding Program. I don't really like that title a whole lot, but it's the idea that we need to key into. And I did, you know, it's part of being human. We were designed for connection. We were designed to flourish. Uh, When I was a kid, my parents used to say I would get up before anyone got up when I was probably four years old. And I would go straight to the bread drawer. And we just ate that like wonder bread. And I would eat the centers out of about three pieces of bread probably six in the morning, and then I'd turn on my cartoons. Sometimes I'd grab my dad's apple, and I would eat a ring around and put it back in his lunchbox. And so I was becoming a self-feeder. I mean, I'm sure they were proud of my skills. Um, I was kind of like a rodent, and he, he would hold his apples. I don't know if he ate them or not. And then I grew a little more, and certain foods I loved and my mom, I would just start inhaling my, my plate. My mom would grab my arm and look me in the eye, Michael, breathe. You know, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't slow down. And so 
Anyway, there might be a few uh, young men in this room that you can, you've observed that happen. Pizza is one of my, still gets me. Um, but self-feeding, we, we were designed to flourish. We were designed for connection. But it's hard. We struggle to connect. And um, I'm going to have a few slides up here in a minute. But the, the big idea, number one, is that we need to key into that. This whole idea of self-feeding, it, it's because we are meant to flourish. We are designed to connect with God. But I've struggled to do that, and I think most people do. Um, one, there, there's many reasons for that. Uh, two that I'm going to speak to. Uh, the first one, I think in the evangelical church, not just the covenant church, but evangelical church, it's, I think about 1930, that's been the movement of Protestant Christianity in the United States, we've really centered on conversion. We've like emphasized, we've really struggled for balance. And so the goal becomes for someone to pray a prayer to receive Jesus. And because life begins with that relationship, it's very necessary. But it also, if you put your finish line there, like that's the end of the race, you think you're done. I'm done. I prayed the prayer. I'm going to heaven what else do I need to do? And so that can really short circuit what we're meant. We were meant to flourish. We were meant to take part in God's family business. But if that's the emphasis, our loop is always going to center around conversion. And so that's been a struggle. I observe that. I've been in ministry for 20 years. Um, I've seen that that can be sometimes a, a false finish line is what I'll call it. You know, you could relate to a false finish line, uh, when you come home from work and you think your day is done as a parent, that's a false finish line. My, especially when I'm coming home, my wife is done. She's ready for me to take the baton. I had a false finish line. I was ready to just kind of, all right, let's put on the game and no, it's time to keep going. And so in our faith, we were meant to flourish. We were meant to connect with God. The other reason is, you know, and it's not, these are not the only two reasons why we struggle to connect, but um, there's people that get paid to be Christians, and I'm one of them. <laughs> and I think it's partly a problem in the church, frankly. The, the clergy-laity split. I do believe that God sets, he says, you know, gives me an assignment. Mike, I want you to focus your life on that. But what happens when we pay people is others say, let the paid people do everything when really we're a body and you matter your piece to the puzzle matter have you ever done a puzzle and not have a few pieces isn't that satisfying <laughs> it's incredibly i don't like doing puzzles to begin with but then you don't even have the whole thing there oh man your piece matters in God's story, you've been made in a way that he loves you. He's gifted you and your peace matters. And so I think if we don't think our peace matters, then we're not, we don't really have a desire to connect with God. Why? Why would I want to do that? And part of uh, what I think is that we need the family business. Uh, we need to take part in the family business. All right. Special delivery. Let's see how this goes. So we're designed for connection with a very near and personal creator. We struggle to connect. And, um, and I shared those two things. We settle for substitutes also. That's, 
That's the other one of the other struggles. But our peace matters. You are meant to take a part in, in God's family business. He's restoring broken things. We were meant to flourish. This world was meant to flourish. And he, he's probably put something that you care about in that business that you can participate in. And the closer we are to him, the more we see flourishing happen. So, but the big idea that we're going to look at today, uh, the self-feeding program, um, I think mine doesn't match these. My spiritual health is my responsibility. And so is yours. Your spiritual health is your responsibility. Not, not in the American sense of just Marlboro man, me and my horse, and I don't need anybody else. Just give me my, my Bible, just me and God. I'm not saying that. But to be healthy, I've had seasons where I blame other people for me not being healthy. I've had some bad bosses I'll, I'll say you're bad. Maybe I was a bad employee, too. I mean, there's, let's be honest. Um, but I felt stuck, and I wanted to blame everyone else for my condition. I wanted to blame that boss who wouldn't resolve our conflict, and uh, I felt stuck. And I, I spent some time with God, and, and really, he's like, what are you whining about? You're not a victim, you can be healthy. You need to take steps to get healthy. And so that, that was a turning point for me. That was in 2009. That was not too long ago. Six years ago. Seven, I guess. Almost seven years ago. I was stuck. I was really playing the victim card that my health was someone else's responsibility. And so the self-feeding program, one of the big ideas is that, no, this is for you. And one of the ways we see this show up in our church, in churches, I'm not talking about us, but it happens in all churches, is we judge the health of a church by what happens on Sunday morning. How well we get fed by the pastor or how great the music is. And I talked with Pastor Todd about that. I told him I was going to say that. And I was also was going to say, by no means does that let anyone off the hook from being good at encouraging the people we're meant to encourage. Uh, there's tons in scripture that says shepherds, uh, you need to take care of the people under your care. God cares very highly about that. But the measure of a healthy church isn't what happens here in the building on Sunday morning. A healthy church is healthy people living out their faith. But when the church is outside these walls, being healthy, being alive, then we see a healthy body. And that starts with with you and me taking our own uh, spiritual vitality seriously. So, why did I pick Zacchaeus? Well, the first thing is it was in the reading this week, if you're doing that reading plan. And, uh, and it spoke to me. I loved, God's word spoke to me. I loved how responsive Zacchaeus was. And I thought, man, that, you know, I need to respond daily to God, and so do you. He, he wants us to be in this flourishing connection with him. And so I read Zacchaeus. Um, and what do we know about Zacchaeus? I was going to be smart and put, you know, he was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. I remember the song, um, but Zacchaeus was uh, a short man. <laughs> That's what stuck in my head. 
But let's, let's reread this. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. This is in Luke 19. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So Zacchaeus, he was a, he was a sellout, <laughs> a chief tax collector. I mean, we've, You probably know what a tax collector was. But he really, really had cashed it. He was bought. He worked for Rome. He collected taxes on his own people. And the way he made money was getting extra from his own people. He was not welcomed in the religious community because of that. He's siding with Rome or with wealth. He's saying, you know what? I chose my path. And this is where I'm going. And so he was known as a sinner. You know, and so I was thinking about that. It's like, man, there's times when I'm, I've been bought over something. I, I have a price over some things where I, I drift and seek life where it can't be found. There's a little bit of Zacchaeus in me. And I love how Jesus comes to him he, he's known as a sinner, um, but Jesus, he wants to be with him. He invites him. He calls him by name. I love how Jesus interacts with people like Zacchaeus because it gives me hope. I like how something stirred in Zacchaeus to, to make him even want to go see Jesus. Probably stories about what was happening Jesus was hanging out. He wasn't, he came, but he didn't go to collect the the best and the brightest from the synagogues. He went and grabbed a few fishermen, some other, another tax collector. He came to people that, that weren't the chosen ones, that weren't the best and the brightest. And maybe Zacchaeus thought, you know, maybe I could change the story I'm in right now. I think Zacchaeus in the deepest part of him, just like you and me, I believe you and me, we want to live the story where we flourish. We really do. I think Zacchaeus did. But it's hard to live there, and especially when you've chosen your path and you've sold out. And so he goes and he just wants to see, well, let me take a look at this Jesus. What is he really like? Zacchaeus responds immediately to Jesus saying, hey, come down immediately I'm going to go to your house. And, and in verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Zacchaeus knew where his heart was, and he makes a, a pretty drastic and immediate change. He gives money back. He he knew money was probably what he sold out over. He thought wealth would get him what he wanted. And he, look, Lord, I'm done with that path. Immediate change. 
If you can see this, uh, it's a picture of Jim Carrey. I saw this floating around, and you know, it's on the internet, so it's got to be true. But uh, referenced in guideposts, Jim Carrey, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. It also made me pray for Jim Carrey. I bet you he's looking for something. How many of us think that if we can just get the next thing, we would, we would flourish if we had enough this, that, or the other thing? I'm there. But really, life, life can be where we are. Right where we are. So the big idea number three. If I want to live a different story, I have to make a change. And sometimes they're drastic. And sometimes they're small. And it leads to, to big, life-changing things. Uh, Kairos moment. Um, it's a type of time. Kairos time. There was Kronos and Kairos. I don't even know if I'm saying those words right, but let's pretend that I know language. Um, Kronos is chronological time that's on the clock. Uh, it's sequential. Kairos is strategic time. It's like the right time to do something. If you're an athlete, uh, there's always tons of strategic times to do something. Um, I couldn't think of any other examples. <laughs> uh, well, actually in Alaska, there's tons of Kairos time. You don't go fish for salmon right now. You fish for salmon when the salmon are running. You pick berries when the berries are ready. You plant your garden when the ground is thawed. And by the way, it's 40 degrees at my house this morning. Weird weather all over the state right now. But that's the right time to do something. It's strategic time. So to make a change... um, Maybe it starts with this idea of you taking responsibility, new, renewed responsibility. May, I don't want to assume anything about your story, but I know me, and I've begun times where I, I seek the Lord, love it, and then for whatever reason, busyness, stress will choke me out in less and less time with the Lord. And right now I'm in another season. Mike, it's time to renew. I remember when I was 18, I was at University of Washington. It's God's school. Um, And so I even saw Pastor Mark in an old picture, had a husky hat on. So really, um, I was there and I had never read through the Bible before, a book. I had tried and I was a freshman. And I remember when I got to the end of the book of John, like I read every chapter in a whole book of the Bible I thought like the marching band was going to show up outside my door. I was so proud of myself and I liked it. That was the other thing is completely new is that I loved it. I'd never really grounded myself in scripture before. And so right now is a new season for me. Today's the day, Mike, where God wants to be near me and he wants to be near you. And so I, I really think this idea of Us being a healthy church starts with you and I choosing this season to renew our health. Renew being healthy with God. One of the things I love about the Covenant Church is centering on the Word of God. Uh, One of the the mantras was, where is it written? It was part of the, the Swedish renewal movement that went hand in hand with scriptures being in the language of the people. 
And we have, we have God's word and it's not a rule book. When I, when I renew and I, I start doing these reading plans and, and ask, and really what it is is listening. It's a listening plan. When I, when I take the posture, speak, Lord, he does. You know, this last week, Zacchaeus, I needed to come down and welcome Jesus again. Not for salvation from penalty of sin, but for renewal from the power of sin at work in my life. That's part of salvation too. The penalty of sin has been dealt with. I trusted Christ, but I still struggle against the power of sin in my life. And that's where I like Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. I don't know if we can flip back to that. I'll paraphrase. Oh, here we are. I did better flipping than I thought I would. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. That's my prayer for you and I. That as his word come, comes, we would, we would take it in as food. I think in, in uh, I call Wayne Cordero, Father Wayne. <laughs> Because he has quite a movement of renewal going through this idea. But it's the idea that God wants to give us fresh bread every day. Not the scraps from me or Todd or anyone who speaks on a Sunday morning. That's why a church can't be healthy if that's all we're, we're counting on. We're healthy when we, each of us gets fresh bread. And you start where you're at. You know right where you're at. Maybe it's not the full reading plan, but do something. Make a change. This is the right season. Let's do it together. I, I asked the youth group to do a proverb a day, partially because the last message was on the teacher of wisdom. And wisdom does teach if we're willing to listen. So a proverb a day, there's a lot there. Or you could do a chapter from a gospel a day. But I would encourage you, if you want renewal, if you want to see change, to, to uh, put yourself, respond to Jesus. I, I think he's calling to you and move toward him. Open up the scriptures daily and listen. Oh, we got that up there. When your words came. All right. Well, I think I didn't put up the last slide. <laughs> But it's just uh, re-emphasizing to be a healthy church. It's a healthy me and it's a healthy you. Can you imagine what our church would be like if we were all flourishing in our faith? Or, or maybe half of us. What would be happening if we were flourishing? Half of us were flourishing. Because I, I have times when I just need brothers and sisters to help me stand. And that might be where you're at. And I'm not here to beat you up at all. You're in the right place. Some of us, though, are stuck, and it's time. Let's go. Let's take that next step. I wanted to read maybe a description of what that would be like, and maybe what your heart longs for. I'm not going to teach from it. It's going to be a long reading, and I would encourage you to read it this week, Romans 12. So listen to this. It's, a, it's about renewal. 
If you want to turn there, I didn't put the, the scriptures on slides, but Romans 12, I'm going to read the whole thing. So bear with me. I'm not the greatest at reading out loud. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love those verses just as it is, but we're going to keep going. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. God's talking to us this morning. We who are many form one body. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. For us to renew as a church, I think this is a great section for us. Let me read that again. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And that, that's a good thing. Lastly, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I see you do this, these things already. Let's do it all the more. Let's be fully alive as a church. Let's renew you and me. Let's have stories in a few weeks of what God's doing in our life. And the first step is just start with one day. <laughs> just start with one day. And then deal with the next day as it comes. Father, thank you for our church. Thank you that we belong to a much greater church. 
We pray for your church and the whole body in, in Alaska. God, help us to be in step with you and with one another. Help us to not think too highly of ourselves, but realize we fit in the body. God, I pray for a season of renewal for us, that we would take our spiritual health seriously. And um, Lord, I pray you encourage those that have struggled for you to, for that connection. God, we've all been there. And so I pray this week, Lord, would you break through and meet people right where they're at? Father, we want to see uh, what story you want to write through our church as we hit our 20-year mark. What's ahead, Lord? And for us to get there, I, I really believe, Lord, would you lead us on a path of renewal? In Jesus' name, amen.